and welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is a show where we take a K-drama, we watch it four episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we started a new drama. We're back after a little break, and we watched the first four episodes of 18 again. Yeah! We, uh it feels like forever. I mean, hopefully there's no gap that it's just another weekly upload for you guys, but it has been, what, two months since we've sat down and recorded together? It's been so long. I actually don't remember <laughs> how to do this. When you started doing the intro, I was like, oh no, I have to talk soon. I, I know. Gotta, like, chime in on this and remember how to be a podcaster? What? We just kind of go on autopilot. Yep. At the top of the show, though, before we forget, I want to thank Amelia for recommending this drama. Uh, just so, like, I guess this is like a very ahead of time thing, but I'm loving it so far. So me too. I also thank you, Amelia. Thank you so much. I do want to do like a couple updates right at the top. We just did our Instagram live, so go over to Instagram. Uh, we're Play on K Podcast, and go check it out if you haven't seen it. There we do some big life updates. The TLDR is that Raquel's in Al- Albuquerque now. I didn't, I don't think we said that on the live. Mm-hmm. So this is like a listener exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I had a baby. She's great. A healthy, happy little girl. And I got accepted into Rikyo University's Masters of International Business program. So I'll be moving to Tokyo this fall. Pew, pew, pew. Um, all very exciting news. We're focusing more on the podcast. Starting now, we're going to try and really ramp things up around here. Make this our potentially careers for the foreseeable future just so that we don't ever have to say goodbye for any amount of time. And also, Raquel's Mac updated and is rejecting her mic. So, final little update is that she's using a different mic today. Hopefully, Apple gets its crap together by next week. (laughs) Yep, Apple is a little bit too uh, proprietary to pull these shenanigans, because... Oh, and Maurice is here also. Maurice is still my baby. Uh, He (laughs) wants to be in the background of when I talk. Can't do it when (laughs) Emily's talking, when I could edit it out. Mm -mm. Um, I updated my Mac, and apparently the update thinks Blue Yeti is trash. So thank you. (laughs) So hopefully we can get that one resolved by next week. Come on, Apple. We'll see. And yeah, if you hear Raquel's baby Maurice barking in the background, if you hear my baby Eve crying in the background, sorry. That's <laughs> our lives. I have joined the background noise club. Yeah, Ooh. welcome. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Glad to be here. I'm excited. But yeah. Thanks, Amelia, for such a good show to get us back into podcasting, because I'm so into this. It has been such a joy to start back on a drama like this, because it feels like watching a high-quality teen movie. Like, it gives you the feels that you want, those, you know, the good, the bad, the teen years, the adjusting, but also, like, it. there's the adult stuff. I, mean, I want to start off with the fact that this is very clearly, but also Amelia let us know, inspired by the Zac Efron movie Seventeen again that came out, I don't know, sometime I don't know. when I was, like, in high school or something. Yeah, I think there's a version before that as well. It's it's a movie, Seventeen Again, that I recently read a YouTube comment that said watching it again, it was very problematic, so we will not stand by any review of that movie, because it's been many, many years since I've seen it. Yep. I I don't think I ever saw it. I was a big-time hipster as a teenager, and I was too cool for Zac Efron, I thought. Whoa. 
I now as an adult think he's a pretty cool guy and I would watch some of the stuff. I can't think of anything that I have lately, but no longer too cool for Zac Efron was when I was a kid. I get that. Yeah, I remember watching it, but that's all I remember about it, so I cannot endorse it. Can fully endorse 18 again. This has been a great show. I think it also has a lot of, besides the, the kind of teen movie, sweet, funny, awkward comedy vibes, it has a lot of young parenting storylines that right right up my alley. I'm there. I'm with it. Obviously, I'm 25, and I just had my first kid, so a bit older than the main characters, but a lot of the stuff that they touch on is still very accurate. I, I would assume for parents at any age, I think you could have kids at any age and feel like you're maybe not doing it right, that you're not doing the best job by them because... There is no guidebook, especially if you don't have help from your community or if you don't have your parents involved in your lives. If you're doing it on your own, it can be very hard. I know, because I've been doing it for two months, so <laughs> I'm kind of an expert. No, I have no idea. But, I, yeah, I really resonate with those storylines. They, they get to me very quickly. Yeah, I think that this show has also done a really, really good job of portraying, it's kind of difficult to describe, but I, portraying different life times, people with different life timing or a different life path or the same path, but different milestones at different times, which is mm -hmm. to say it's uh, their mom, obviously, the two teenagers' mom, so the female lead. Joan Yes, the best name. Best name, <laughs> um, best character. I freaking love her. I love her so much. And she's an inspiration. And I love the showing how she's coming back into following her dreams outside of motherhood, her, her career dreams, and trying to make those come true. And the confidence with which she is doing it, even when she meets the obstacles she was expecting, essentially. The mm -hmm. ones that most people, when they're expecting them, it's devastating when it comes up, like the judgment for being a, a young, or being a parent and then starting out in the field at a later age. And she's facing that, knowing it's going to happen and not letting it destroy her. She's flawless. I love her. She's yes. perfection. Yeah, we can get deeper into how frustrating the reaction to her jumping back into a career is later, because that will be a negative spiral that I'm not quite ready to dive into. But yeah, it's I love seeing her storyline where she absolutely would never regret becoming a mother, but she's also so inspiring, like starting her career kind of later in life and doing what she's always loved on a different timeline with a lot more obstacles. But then you have her best friend who kind of started her career earlier and is a very successful lawyer now. And she's just dating around, like having a great time, starting relationships and then ending them very quickly. And then you have... um the male lead's best friend. Man, I should have written literally anyone's names down. Yikes, the CEO, who also is balling in his career, doing great, and is like, I might be ready to find another wife because his pillow wife died. And he's like, I'm ready to move on from that relationship and find a new woman and potentially settle down with her. And it's like, these are all such good paths. I, yeah, like you said, it's just a great example of many different lives, very respectfully shown, very tactfully approached. Yes. That said, super hot and cold on her best friend. Don't love her. <laughs> Most of the time. Every once in a while, I'm like, okay, yeah, get a girl. And then the rest of the time, I am very frustrated with just her as a person the even the momentary consideration of wanting to date a teenager 
who is underage as an adult human is wildly inappropriate, uh, just beyond what anyone should get. I mean, it's, I know it's supposed to kind of be comedy and it's hearkening back to her crush on him as a teenager herself. I can't stand it. It is the (laughs) only storyline in this that I find kind of offensive. Mm. Um, Definitely a bit nauseating. Yeah, problematic at best. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're still still towing the line. I think they're keeping it comical enough for me to not be truly uh, appalled or offended yet. But they're towing the line. They're like, because they start with her being like, who are you? And he's like, I'm a minor. And she's like, oh, okay, loud and clear. And then four scenes later, she's like, changed my mind. What's up? I'm okay with a minor. Yeah, changed my mind. I reevaluated legality and uh, <laughs> grooming. I'm okay and with I'm this. I'm actually okay with it. So. I'm cool with this. It's my friend's son, my frenemy's son. That's fine. You look exactly like my best friend's husband. That's fine. You are a child? That's fine. Totally cool with me. (laughs) Yikes. Fair, yeah. But yeah, other than that, just, you know, oh, and, you know, the previously mentioned, but maybe still not ready to hop into it, the reaction to a mother in just, like, the rampant sexism that she's facing every day at work is... A little bit tough as well but that one's more narratively interesting or mm. rather calling out a societal problem i feel like versus this i the the friend i think is trying to make a joke out of dating underage kids and yeah not my favorite joke <laughs> a fun one yeah i see that i feel like yeah this has a lot of really well done comedy And I think they get that from maybe just throwing everything they have at it. They're like, every joke we can possibly think of, we're going to throw in. And you got to laugh at something. I'm laughing at 90% of it. So I think they're doing a great job. Yeah, the writing of most of the comedy is very good. Uh, The very first episode, his friend, whose name is Go Diakjin, I pulled up the cast list just because like i also didn't write it down like a monster (laughs) you know plan k back and the same as ever (laughs) but he uh is clearly a marvel fanatic and at one point has like they go through a bunch of his his stuff his marvel trophies collection memorabilia Yeah. yeah but one of the Things is like Thor's hammer, he's got Captain America's shield, and I was just laughing at that in general, because with enough money, and <laughs> if still in bachelorhood, that would 100% be my boyfriend. He would <laughs> live that very same life, maybe Sam's pillow life. Mm. But that's pretty much the only thing that I can think that he, if he saw it, would probably be like, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not the pillow. Definitely the rock wall. All the memorabilia. 100% there. I mean, I get it. It's as soon as they show that house, I think there's a part of maybe everybody, maybe just me, that falls in love with it. That's like, that is so cool. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I would want to visit. I would hope that my best friend had a house like that, if you wanted a house like that. And then I could just come over and look at all of your cool Marvel stuff. <laughs> I I feel like I'm such a minimalist at this point, just because we move so much, that it's hard not to be a minimalist, that I could never want, especially just collectibles. I'm just not at a point in my life where I can have things just to have things. And I say that knowing full well that we left a room full of things in my mother-in-law's basement. But at this point, we're hoping that my brother-in-laws can just sell it for us because we don't need 40 mugs. They were just cute at the time, 
and we loved mugs, so we started collecting them. And now I'm like, I don't need collections. I need experiences. That's where I'm at right now. Yeah, I've been thinking about stuff like that lately as I make the move to Albuquerque, and part of me just wants to, you know, let them auction off all of the stuff in my storage unit. And then there's another part of me that knows that my boyfriend has very few. (laughs) He's been hitting that bachelor lifestyle hard up until we, you know, started dating and made the choice to move in together. So, you know. (laughs) Pros and cons to having things. Yeah, it's definitely, it's a different kind of art. I like pieces that can hang on the wall. And Kodokjin, is that his name? He loves figurines and things and you know like watching him dust off the giant what's what's the guy's name the bad guy do it the guy with the glove the the big one thanos i was like it's not thor that's inappropriate don't say that he's not the different one there was a different one thanos watching him dust off thanos i was like i can't imagine how much you have to dust that thing because it has so many crevices just like the dustiest figurine. And I just don't have that level of commitment. I can dust off frames all day. They just have one flat top. But that's where I'm at. That's where my dumb brain goes because I'm a mess and my house is dusty. Yeah, uh, no, I so will peek. We're just going to keep peeking into our lives instead of talking <laughs> about the drama proper. Yeah. <laughs> I live in dust and dirt. It's a nightmare. It's an absolute <laughs> nightmare. There is pretty much all dust. There's no grass. There's some wood chips and some concrete, but it's like not fully landscaped at, or any amount of landscape. And then we have three big dogs that go out and like roll in the dirt and the wood chips. Maybe mm-hmm. dig a hole, maybe walk through some mud and they come in and they just shake it all off. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, yes. Anyway, I know the living in dirt life, and mm. um, that's just one more reason to just get fewer things because mm-hmm. I don't want to have to dust all of my stuff all the time. Not because I do. I vacuum like three times a day. Oh, you're so strong. So, anyway, 18 again. So anyways, this show is delightful. Um, yeah, I feel like they can get me from crying to laughing more quickly than any show I've ever seen. Namely, the part where he's rushing his baby daughter to the hospital, and she's screaming and crying, and then he starts crying, and it is the saddest thing I've ever seen, and then I start crying, and... Then it transitions over to his daughter being like, why are you touching me? Do not touch me. And I love that. They do, you can tell that one comical aspect that could be more uncomfortable, again, they're towing the line, they're not very close to it as with this one, but that um, he, him as an 18-year-old has this, like, uh blossoming relationship with his daughter that he's not taking care to not make look like a romance and uh i like that she's shutting it down so much very consistently like this will not be a romance this can be a friendship at best because he is not careful at all he's not thinking about that he's just thinking about how much affection he has for his daughter and even though (laughs) fatherly affection doesn't really come off as fatherly affection all the time. Uh-huh. So yes, her vehemently rejecting any affection from him is the only proper way to do this. Mm-hmm. Because we as the viewers know it's fatherly affection. She does not. And in other contexts, watching it, it would look like he was flirting with her, or courting her, doing her favors... And it would be so much creepier if she was like, cool, thanks. I think we're best friends. Mm-hmm. You know, it would not work. No. Nope. Yep. I like the kind of frenemies that they've got going. Because it will also push the relationship with other kid, with class president, who has a crush on Shia. 
he's very much jealous boy over in the corner. Like, that guy's so much better at wooing her. And you're like, ugh, it's not that. It's not like that. But if it can get you to act on your crush, dope. I'm into that. Yep, that's that's a sweet little romance. But also, sorry, bud, her dad, her dad friend, her dad brother, <laughs> brother dad, already bought her a sandwich. Bummer. Bummer. Let's get a move on. Let's get you guys start dating so that it's never weird when he's weird. Yep. I mean, because there's even moments with his son that feel very affectionate that, like, if it if it was a father-son sitting there, which, again, viewers know it is a father-son sitting there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's appropriate because we know it's father-son. And then also there's, like, that level of appropriate where everything is geared toward heteronormative behaviors so we're just like yes two friends uh-huh. um so i mean we that actually is a slippery slope i don't feel entirely ready to confront on the k-drama or on the podcast so a little bit sorry for bringing it up but like keep it in mind that first of all we assume listeners that because she's a girl it's creepier but also like he does touch Shiwoo a lot. And yeah. Shiwoo was like, I'm kind of interested in you. It would be just as problematic. So problematic. That would be some back to the future nightmare stuff. Um, Don't fall in love with your dad. Okay. Yes. That's why it's problematic. Not because the son would have those feelings. That's fine. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yes, to be entirely clear, uh, examine... The fact that we don't believe in affectionate male-female friendships, because, bummer, has to be sexual, I guess. And also examine the fact that we just assume everyone's straight, and so that's why that's problematic, but not his touchy-feely relationship with his son. So, things to think about. Just think about that while we transition into my favorite scene. (laughs) Yes. Which is, we brought it up in the Instagram live a little bit. There's this theme that we've seen a couple times. We saw it in Good Casting, and I saw it in The Uncanny Counter, both where there was a high school bully situation, and adults came in and beat up the children, the high school bullies. To me, that is not the appropriate response that an adult should take. And I loved this show for being like, yeah, there's an adult coming in, maybe being... He's not even that violent, which I think is cool. He's generally resorts to nonviolence, which is even better. Just, you know, top-tier conflict resolution. But also just putting the bullies in their place while being an 18-year-old. Like, I know he has an adult mind, but it is cool that it's not a dad coming into the situation and beating up high school bullies that are bothering his son. It is another 18-year-old, at least outside looking in. Yes, I love it. I love the way he approaches issues that, like... He's not infallible, but he is doing his best to be the mature adult in every situation, even though he technically, looking like a 17-year-old, like being in a 18-year-old's body, he could very well get away with I There would be kind of a flip-flop of, we'd have to talk about if it was more okay if an 18-year-old... A, 38-year-old in an 18-year-old's body. 37-year-old in an 18-year-old's body? Something Um, like that. Something like that. Uh, We would have to examine if that was better than adult people showing up and beating up people. Like I think it is. A little bit. It is better. Yeah. I actually, I do feel better about it. But they took it one step further and they were like, but he also does have an adult mind. He's not resorting to that he doesn't need to he has other ways of handling these situations and it gives me you know it lifts the esteem i personally have for his character 
Yeah, especially because they've shown him as prone to anger. He's, like, very quick to get angry and have anger issues. So it was fascinating that they chose an angry character and then still had him not be violent. They were like, yeah, he's quick to get mad. He's very, very slow to raise his fist to anybody. You don't see that a lot. Mm-mm. I like him. I like him so much. And there is, I think, a bit of an issue with the fact that part of me feels like they haven't shown enough of his flaws, which is to say it's hard to fully understand how he got to the point where like his kids refused to communicate with him mm. and his wife wants to she's not just frustrated with him right or or struggling to communicate with him it's gone further than that they're at the level of divorce now and it's one of those things where in the flashbacks we see he actually is a really present father and he communicates i don't know average i guess (laughs) that's harder that's harder to say but there is communication to some extent he's there he's trying he's learning he's giving up and sacrificing a lot to be in the situation that he's in and there's been times where i felt like they did a good job of showing how problematic his behavior had become. For example, they do talk about his addictions, his addiction to cigarettes and his addiction to alcohol and how it is impacting his life. At one point, he is drunk and yells at his wife, which that actually is pretty good. That's kind of a deal breaker. If someone was doing that on the reg with me, I too would be ready to walk away from the situation if they weren't doing anything to rectify that um but i just think it's interesting that his kids are also so done with him when from what i can tell he was calling them he was taking them to meals he has been trying to talk to them and they were just kind of being teenagers right Mm -hmm. they were just not communicating but that's kind of what teenagers do because they're becoming independent and so sometimes they don't I don't know, do everything they're supposed to. I I don't know. What are teenagers like? <laughs> yeah, they're finding their independence. It didn't feel, I guess, yeah, looking back at it now, it didn't feel like he was losing them. It felt like, yeah, Shiwu was being bullied. So every time his dad would talk to him and would constantly badger him about joining the basketball team, he would just kind of shut down. And Shia was very much finding her independence, being very, like, I don't know, not really problematic. Like, her friend group seems pretty good. I've been very impressed with how sweet and kind of fun her friends are, where they stand up for themselves. They're young women who are being living independent lives, and I appreciate that. But as soon as they're confronted with some of their issues, they're like, let's be reflective and move forward as better people, which is very impressive. I don't, yeah, I don't feel like it's much room for improvement with his kids now that you say that. Because I think my brain filled in a lot of blanks where a lot of flashbacks that we see are them younger kind of up to 10 years old, you can tell that they have a great relationship with their dad. And then there's a gap. I assume just they just haven't shown those flashbacks yet between 10 and 18 years old, where it's I my brain was like, that's when he started spiraling and working a lot harder to try and get this promotion that has just been kind of killing him slowly which led him to maybe be more depressed and start leaning into his addictions and be less present at home as well as started tearing his relationship apart. But that's all assumptions that I made. They haven't really shown that now that you say it. 
Yeah, I th- I mean, I think they're good assumptions, because I, I guess that's what I'm expecting to see, which is to say now I don't want to see it. Now that I'm a little more attached to the character, I kind of wish... I wish they had peppered just a couple more in, right? Uh-huh. Just maybe a few turning points. Nothing crazy, because I don't want them to essentially lead us to hate the main character. I just... I would like to examine a little bit more about his mental health and maybe that playing a part in where he's at now, where his marriage is crumbling and his relationship with his kids is terrible. Uh, instead of just, like you said, it's, it, that makes sense. But yeah, it's, it's very implied. And I, I want to see more of it. That's fair. But not, not too much. (laughs) I don't want it to bum me out. Yeah, no, like he's an absolute monster and he deserves everything terrible that happens to him, you know. Because you kind of get that, I don't know, maybe you weren't there. I was there when she calls him from the hospital and he's a freaking idiot on the phone. He's like, oh, stomach cramps? Sounds rough. Uh, I'm sure she'll be fine, though. And she's like, your daughter's in the hospital. Do you really not care? And he's like, oh, mm, I guess no at the end of the day. (laughs) <laughs> giant idiot yeah. like we as the audience know that you immediately freaked out and rushed her to the hospital on your back you've been with her every minute of the day panicking wanting her to be okay but you can't tell your wife that what what is the issue except yeah, I that think you it, don't have your face yeah i think at this point i uh it's tricky because up to a certain point, I was really rooting for them to work things out and for him to kind of get away with like ne- her never knowing mm. what happened with him becoming a, ch- a a teenager again. Now, I feel like she has to know. Yes. Because of the <laughs> way he's been acting, there's no way that they can fix this without him revealing it. And I don't know... Because there was a teaser at the end of the fourth episode that mm-hmm. implies that he is planning on doing just that. He shows up to court, and who knows if that actual reveal happens or how it happens. Feels a little early, but also there's a part of me that's so anxious about the way he behaved there. Uh-huh. But also the way he's been so present and can't tell anyone he's been so present that I'm, I'm a little bit ready for it to happen early and to see how they what they make the show after that, right? Because they would have to kind of pivot. It would no longer be about him low-key flying under the radar from his wife about his identity, if she believes him, that is. He might... It becomes a story about a young man in a mental institution. <laughs> no. that he... Um, no, but he... Uh... I, I guess I'm just ready for that now because they went pretty hard on just that one scene of his whole family deciding that he is the worst father and I'm ready for them to know just a little bit more about him not being the worst father. That's making me pretty anxious. Yeah. Yeah, I need that to happen for even just one character to know that he's himself again. Yeah, I I figured it would be his son first. I figured somehow his son would get clued in, uh-huh. and then his son would have to be in on the hiding it, and mm. maybe if the mother and daughter started talking mad shit, he'd have to <laughs> navigate that situation. Um, not that I think her their mom is super emotionally mature. I don't think she would talk mad shit on the dad in front of her kids, but... yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I expected it to go differently, so I don't know if they'll reveal it yet. I, I God, hope they I do. need them to. Yeah. I, uh, I also think that the way characters react to him is so believable on two fronts. First of all, what you said earlier with the daughter being like, I don't know you. You need to leave me alone. We are not <laughs> friends. Because mm-hmm. he just came in and immediately started pre- pretending they knew each other super well. And mm-hmm. so that's super believable that a teenager is pretty spooked and also 
not having that shit. Mm-hmm. And I think that the reaction of the the mother, uh, Zheng Daozheng, I think she had a very believable reaction in immediately assuming that it was her husband's illegitimate child. I think that's so believable because uh-huh. that is what I would think. Uh-huh. I would not jump to the conclusion that this young man was my husband who had been transported back in time physically, but no. not actually time-wise. Um, but also, thank God she recognized him. Like, his own best friend was like, who are you? And I was like, it's been like 20 years, bud. I'm pretty sure you know who that is. He's like, no, I have no memory of this man. And his wife is like, I know that guy. Looks like my husband. I've known Emily's husband for over 20 years now. And I feel like if the small Jason, if 20-ish years ago Jason came to me and was like, in front of me, I'd be like, that is Jason or a child related to Jason. Yeah, even if he was seven years old in front of you, you'd be like, I recognize this person. Mm. Weird vibe. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm not buying that no one knows who he is. Sorry, I just knocked a thing over and I'm not going to take it out of the podcast. <laughs> That's funny. I thought it was your dog running in. I was like, how did he break down the door? <laughs> He's got thumbs now. <laughs> so much has changed in two months. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Not that, hopefully. <laughs> um, yeah, I was here for that, especially the jokes it led to where Duck Jin was like, he looks like his mom. And Jung Duck Jong was like, that's awful. That is the worst thing you could have said to me horrified that you would date someone that looks exactly like your best friend. Don't do that. That's not a vibe. (laughs) It's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. They have so many jokes like that that just work so perfectly. And yeah, there's just still a part of my brain that's like, this is going on for so long. I need him to be switching back and forth. I need um, spring turns to spring situation where there's just a constant switch back and forth so that he can both save his marriage and show his growth in emotional intelligence being there for his family as their dad and also showing like gaining that emotional intelligence as the 18 year old and it's giving me so much anxiety that he can't change back and forth and that he's just Messing it up so much every time he has to lie to his wife about why he's not there. He's doing a bad job. They did do a really cool thing a couple times where they used, like, camera angles to where his reflection was young him, but he, as himself, 37-year-old him, was talking on the phone. I thought that was very cool. They do such cool camera tricks. They have great music. I love the soundtrack. And they have such good cinematography. Like, there's some where they change clothes, and the clothes, like, rip off of them and then, like, flutter down. Ooh. Yes. That was really good. <sighs> That's so cool. I just had this thought that we should have talked about at, you know, very top of the podcast. Okay. Immediately out the gate. My bad, yeah. That we're going to address here at mi- minute, like, 40. Okay, okay. Whoops. Um, sorry to, to change to heel turn. Uh, this drama is hard to find. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, we should have said that at the top. Maybe we should put that in the description. Like, here's how we watch 18 again. Yes. I might even drop, like, a little audio clip at the top of the episode, maybe, that discusses it, but I have been watching it on Drama Cool, which is not my favorite place to watch K-dramas. Oh, dang. But nice in a, you know, when things are tricky. Yeah. And hunt some dramas down there. It just sucks because you've just got to see, like, so many ads for porn. <laughs> Awful. It's also on Vicky, 
Um, if you use a Singapore server, which Amelia clued us into, I have NordVPN, both to protect my internet. Because I swear to God, every time I go to a hotel, I realize that my credit card bills are due in like two days. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, thank God for Nord. Just going to turn that on and then check my bank accounts and pay my credit cards. I would not feel comfortable checking my credit card accounts on hotel Wi-Fi without NordVPN. Yeah, you're so much safer than I am. And also they're one of our affiliates. So use the mm -hmm. link on our website if you want to get NordVPN. You're a lot smarter than I am. You're <laughs> smarter than me. Get NordVPN. They I have had great. my credit card information stolen before. Oh, no. And I was really lucky that it got caught. But I'm also not careful about stuff like that. I'm out here looking at my bills on fucking data on mm -hmm. someone else's wi-fi starbucks wi-fi you're just at starbucks and you're like i will not remember to pay my credit card bill when i get home yeah i have to do it as soon as i think about it i have horrible adhd <laughs> <laughs> so get that uh, yeah. they're having a summer sale and yeah if you go to our website and use our affiliate link you can support the podcast while getting NordVPN. And then you can watch any K-drama, because it is on Viki on the Singapore server. Yes. I cannot stress enough how much that wasn't an ad. It literally was us talking about NordVPN. Mm -hmm. um, but it does support us if you use our affiliate link. Mm -hmm. I just freaking love Nord. And they're having a big summer sale. So Big summer blowout. Big summer blowout. <laughs> This is you guys not an Frozen. Ad for Frozen. We just want to say we're really good at accents. Um, glad oh, you man. remembered that. Yes, Important. I will drop a little bit more about that at the top of the episode. But this is our more detailed NordVPN <laughs> hype session. Um, a little bit before we end, I do want to talk about. Two things, and they are both Jung Da Jung related. So let's first go with the negative so that we can end the podcast on the positive. So what the hell is up with Korean society in this drama? Is that real? Is that like real life? Yeah, it's one of those things where I feel like it's real life to a certain extent, but it is the... It's rampant in this K-drama. It's I think sexism exists. I think that ageism exists, especially against women, which is sexist and ageist. Um, and I think that it is something that women have to deal with a lot, especially stuff like I, I know that women, when they, they are family planning, when they're getting ready to start families, their place of work can become very intrusive because the place of work doesn't want to do maternity leave and doesn't thanks patriarchy yeah my, um, my work just asked when i was quitting there was no yeah. like so do you want to keep working it was like cool so you're done with your contract's done cool 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 i was like oh mm. okay i guess that I I know that like the situation is working out for the best, and mm -hmm. that you likely would like to stay home with your baby. That was my that plan. Said, but wildly problematic. Yeah, Just wildly. Um. <laughs> so yes, uh, I do know that it exists. I know it's something women experience all the time. Uh, I've experienced sexism in the workplace without kids, without the thing that companies would be even more inconvenienced by than, I don't know, them thinking that I'm not as good as men. But, um, yeah, it is, it feels out of control in this K-drama. I think, yeah, because the workplace part is frustrating, but feels more realistic. I think the part that uh, really gets me sad and angry is the public outcry, which I think is definitely over-dramatized. I like to think that it wouldn't be quite that um, insane. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, that, that black and white from, like, everybody supporting her to everybody hating her. But I was like, I it's 2020. Hope I don't know when this show was filmed. It's 2021 now. Hopefully they 
would pop up with a support group, a mom group that's like, freaking yeah, get these moms out here on TV. We'd love to see it represent. Yeah, no, that feels way more realistic. It feels like the trolls would be discouraging and maybe even scary at times, but it wouldn't be the entirety of the comment section Uh all of a sudden. It would be a couple people trying to start a fire in the comment section and probably then just like a thread of them fighting with people who supported her. Yeah, and I guess like to contradict myself and both of us after literally just saying that I wanted to see more support, maybe the drama is trying to show like Junda Jung's perspective more they're trying to get you in her headspace and saying like we're gonna show only negative comments because when you read a comment section about yourself that's all you can see we're showing like not the reality of the situation that maybe it's split between plenty of people liking her and some people being real troll trash monsters like just the pits of the internet they're like that's all she's reading. That's all her brain is taking in right now. So maybe it's, yeah, just a dramatic interpretation of the scenario. Yeah, to kind of show her headspace and her children's headspace, because they are also affected by it as people who care about their mom. Uh-huh. And yeah, you would imagine, like... I don't think that support would come from high schoolers. I don't think they'd walk around the high school and have quite as many people being like, no, I love to see a mom on TV. That's so cool. It does feel a little more realistic to have Shiwoo overhear conversations that are more negative-leaning. But, uh, yeah, it's all just really hard to watch and really frustrating and sad. Yeah, I agree. Um... Hopefully, I don't know. I know that like that's going to be a, a lasting conflict of her reception by both her company and the public as an older... It's weird because she's not that old. <laughs> but I guess we'll use the term older um, as like an older starting anchor and also as a mother. But yeah, that's just... It's sad to watch, but it's a good conflict to bring up and to acknowledge and to talk about. So that's good. Um, I don't know if this is part of what you wanted to talk about. And so I want to also get out of the way because it's like half negative for me. It's not negative about her in any way. It's just freaking making me so nervous how many men are trying to date her right now. What? That's the positive thing I was going to say. I was going to be like, I freaking love this. I... I'm so here for the fact that it's, like, these very attractive men. I love Lee Ki-woo, the actor that plays the gym teacher. Oh, um, yes. He's I so cute. On, he's so cute. He's darling. He was the secondary male lead in Just Between Lovers, and I started following him on Instagram at that time. <laughs> he has since I started following him. I've gotten to watch the process of him adopting a puppy. <gasps> And raising his puppy, they're super cute together. Oh. His dog is adorable. What kind of dog so does I, he have? It looks like a mutt. Um, okay. I don't, I don't recognize the breed, but it's some kind of kind of fluffy dog, almost Sheba-like, mixed oh. with something else. Because yeah, it's like a thin, fluffy, like thin frame, but fluffy fur dog. Oh. And then he gets, he has the puppies, or I guess now. I mean, it's been a while since he adopted it. It's now becoming an adult dog, which has been wild, watching his puppy grow up. Um, <laughs> but he, uh, he like, takes him to the groomer and has him trimmed. His name is Teddy. Oh, so He's um, just, like, nine feet tall, so it's very cute to imagine him with a little, little small dog. Yes. It looks so much smaller in his big hands. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's an average size, like, maybe on the small medium side. Like medium to small medium, but yeah, in his hands, that that puffer looks like a tiny baby forever. <laughs> yeah, um, he's very tall. I love him. I also don't know the actor who plays the baseball player quite as well, but I think he's 
fairly famous. Yeah, I recognize him. I couldn't tell you from where. That'll be bonus episode content. But he's yes. also very handsome, very cute. Yes. Um, I love that these two beautiful men are not in any way put off by the fact that she is a mother, that she is older, that she... I hate that. I hate referring to the term older because I still... I do not think she's old, like, at all. (laughs) But whatever. I'll keep doing it. I just want our listeners to know I do not think she's old, but that's kind of a major theme. Mm -hmm. Um, It is so nerve-wracking to me to watch her try to just, like, do her career and live her best life and do her mom thing and you know recover from the end i mean she is currently in the throes of ending a relationship with her first love and the father of her children and it's so stressful to me to watch these men be like cool i see that happening (laughs) but listen you're real cute and you've got a great personality (laughs) that's fair uh, yeah, I feel like as as far as real life, I don't think I'd like it as much. But as far as drama land, I'm like, she doesn't need any time to emotionally recover from everything that she's experiencing with her marriage. She's just getting back in the dating pool, and it's awesome that <laughs> a line of people are waiting for her. And they're like, because again, the, yeah, the themes of this show are that Women past a certain age, women who have children, are somehow worth less in society's eyes. And I love that they're like, we're not doing that here. As far as her career, as far as her love life, as far as her, like, coming into her own, she's blossoming right now. She is peak Jung Da Jung right now. And she could have done that at any age but she is doing it right now, and we love that for her. And I like that that's a theme of the show, of, like, you can be your best self at literally any age. Yeah, and you can make choices to better your life. Because I also, I mean, I've got friends who are divorced, and they are younger than her, but still, I I think I just worry because, like, I've known in the past that some of my friends have been not stoked about talking about their divorce, and for me, I'm just like, if it's something that was weighing you down and it was something that obviously you wanted to work out but just wasn't, do what you need to do to have a better life. Like, if if that relationship is no longer serving you and yeah. it's not really serving the other person either, totally cool. That said, I mean, obviously I'd love to see their marriage work out because right. I do like the main character. I think he's great. And I love her, and I think she's great, and that would be awesome. But also, I mean, I could see spoilers for Mrs. Doubtfire incoming. (laughs) Skip 10 seconds ahead if you're uncomfortable with that. 20 seconds, maybe. But um, I could totally see a a Mrs. Doubtfire-type ending where it doesn't magically just get better and fix their relationship, Mm -hmm. and they stay divorced, and that's okay, because... They divorce doesn't ruin people. It's just a hard thing that isn't like fixing something that isn't working. So yeah, like I want to say, first episode, the top of this show, that I'm gonna root for this relationship and this family unit to be together at the end. I want the two main characters to work out their relationship. Just because that's what my little child heart wants. (laughs) I want the family to end up all happy and back together. And I think that's probably what the show's going to do. But I know, realistically, and yeah, outside of Drama Land especially, that that's not what's right for everybody. I know my parents are divorced. My husband's parents are divorced. There are, yeah, so many relationships that... Even, like, my parents are still best friends, and they have kids together, and we all still are able to be a family. Just, it just looks a little different. And so I think they could make that work for this drama. I just, 
like I said, I want to establish that I'm aware that divorce exists and that it is an option for people if they are in an unhappy relationship. I'm a real person who knows that. I just also have a child heart that loves watching dramas with this, like, kind of fairy tale ending of the family working it out and getting all back together and having that be their happy ending. That's probably what I'm going to root for in this show. Same. Yes, but if they didn't do it, I think they've set up a really good situation so far in which, you know, maybe, I don't know who she's leaning towards. She seems a little bit put off by the gym coach. Um, She seems a little bit put off by both of them, which I think, like you said, she's just like, guys, I'm going through a divorce right now. Please back up five steps. But (laughs) she could get into either of them and I'd be happy. Yes, yeah. And that's definitely something that if if it did happen i would be cool with but i too am hoping that they can work it out and be a family unit and that he can be happy and people can stop judging him based on his looks which are really good it's really weird to watch people just roast him for letting himself go when i i'm over here like he's he looks good Uh but you're making me nervous by talking about the way he looks yeah he's a good looking guy (laughs) Jesus, guys. I mean, it's hard because Jung Da Jung is maybe the most beautiful woman I've ever seen, and I'm in love with her. Everyone is. (laughs) But, like, that dude looks great. So, back off, everybody. Can I say... Again, five steps back. (laughs) I freaking love that every other actor got a child version of themselves except for the lawyer best friend. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that was so jarring to just see her, because it was, everyone else was a teenager, and she's standing around all these teenagers, and she's obviously, she's a Korean actress, she looks flawless for her age, Mm -hmm. she's gorgeous, she does not look like a teenager when she's standing next to other teenagers. No, there is a scene where she's like creeping on them on the bridge, uh, and... That one, she's all by herself. She's peeking around the corner. They did her makeup flawlessly. For a moment, I was like, she looks like a teenager. I can buy that. Like you said, Korean actress, flawless skin, flawless acting. They pull her hair up, and I'm like, I can see it. I can see it. But yeah, every single other scene, I'm like, why didn't you get just a younger version of her? Everybody else did. Yeah. Like... Did they not trust us to know it was the same person? Was it a comedic choice? I think it's because they wanted... The first time that they show her as a younger person, they had a hard time establishing without being like, Hello, Aisheen. It's nice to see you, Aisheen. You are the younger version of the lawyer. Because she... Her flashback starts an episode. So I think they were worried we wouldn't remember who she was playing the younger version of. That's fair, I guess. Weird, but fair. We could have figured it out. Yeah. Uh, We're smart people. Give us some credit. I feel like I could keep talking about this forever, and this episode could be an hour and a half, and I don't want to do that to our listeners. No. Um, Also, I selfishly don't love the idea of editing an hour and a half worth of content. Fair. I love this podcast but maybe (laughs) not that much we'll save more commentary for the next four episodes yeah um but yes we're loving this drama it's super good and if you guys have thoughts on it up to this point you just listened to this episode and you want to email us it's at playonkpodcast at gmail.com yeah you can find us on instagram at playonkpodcast or on twitter at playonk you can find our episodes on our website, but a bunch of other stuff on our website before we get into the other places to find episodes. Uh, you can comment on episodes there. Like we were mentioning, there are links to our affiliates. You can check those out. Right now we have Blueberry Podcasting and NordVPN. And right? Skillshare. We just added and Skillshare. Dope. So yeah, check Skillshare out uh, using our link. If you do want to learn a new thing, 
thing, try some stuff out. It would support the podcast. So check that out. <laughs> also on our website is a link to our Patreon, which you can find directly at patreon.com slash playonk. If you want to support the podcast and find lots of bonus content. Yes, and then we have our episodes up on a couple other platforms, most of the places that people listen to podcasts. So places like Spotify, Stitcher, Blueberry, iTunes, that's where we're at. Yeah, and if you leave us a rating or review at a rating and review at those places then we would give you a shout-out on the podcast because it means the world to us. Your, your kind words keep us going. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you, and we will talk to you next week about the next four episodes of 18 again. Okay, bye! Okay, bye!